This is the Founders Federal High School Football Scoreboard on the Sports Talk Media Network. Coming up, scores and reports from across the state and analysis from David Shelton. The scoreboard is brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Relax, you're with Founders. Now your host for the high school scoreboard, Phil Kornblut. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome into the high school football scoreboard here on the Sports Talk Media Network, and we're brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Good to have you with us tonight, wherever you're dialed in, around the state of South Carolina. Well, you know what tonight is. It is the upper and lower state finals, statewide semifinals, depending on how you want to look at it. The winners tonight get a chance to play next week for the state championship in their respective classification at South Carolina State University. We had uh, 10 games across the state, two in each of the five divisions. We've got a few final scores in, so let's go ahead and see what we've got on the scoreboard. We've got some championship matchups ready. In some cases, we still have a game to be determined in the 5A playoffs. In the lower state, White Knoll defeated Somerville. This game just ended, final score of 21-14. to 21-14, Somerville falls to White Knoll. White Knoll advances to its first state championship game. It denies Somerville, one of the all-time greats in our state, an opportunity to win another state championship. White Knoll awaits the winner of its nearby rival, Dutch Fork and J.L. Mann. That game is in the late stages, and Mann is clinging to a 30-28 lead they're playing over at Dutch Fork. So J.L. Mann trying to reach the state championship game. I believe, I'd have to ask David for sure, I believe it would be their first. Definitely their first as a 5A program, and they are holding on. They've had the lead most of the night. They're hanging on against Dutch Fork on the road 30 28. So again, White Knoll advances 21-14 over Somerville. J.L. Mann leading by two in the fourth quarter against Dutch Fork. We go to the 4A classification, the defending state champion Bruins of South Florence. They get a 28-21 win at home over Irmo. So the Bruins will head to South Carolina State with a chance to defend their state championship. Of course, they had that great team last year led by current USC quarterback Lenora Sellers. And they obviously have had uh, good players to uh, piece into their lineup from the ones they lost last year because they lost some good players off of their team last year. And they keep it rolling. So the Bruins move on to the state championship game. They defeat Irmo 28-21, and they are awaiting the winner of the Greenville at Westside game being played up in Anderson. And the last update we had on this one, it was in the fourth quarter. And like so many of the other games tonight, it's a great one. 35-28 is what we have. Most recently, the Rams of Westside leading the Red Raiders of Greenville. So the winner there, the winner there. Now we have an update. We have an update. Greenville has scored to tie the game. Greenville and Westside are now tied at 35 in the fourth quarter. And the winner advances to play South Florence in the state championship game in 4A. 
So quite the drama, quite the drama building there up in the upstate over in Anderson. So South Florence wins 28-21. Greenbide are deadlocked as they play in the fourth quarter. To the 3A playoffs and the Daniel Lions, they win again. They hold off Belton Honeypath in another outstanding game. Daniel wins it 28-23, and they'll be advancing to the state's championship game at South Carolina State. So Daniel advances 28-23, and they will play the winner of Brooklyn Casey and Camden. That game is being played over in Camden at Zimp Stadium. It has just gone final. And Camden defeats Brooklyn Casey. That final score, 46-30. So Camden over B.C., 46-30. The Bulldogs advance to play Daniel in the 3A state championship game. In the two-way ranks, Gray Collegiate beats Abbeville 27-12. That game was played in Columbia. Gray Collegiate wins it over Abbeville 27-12. We'll face the winner of Oceanside Collegiate and Hampton County, that one has just gone final in the low country. Oceanside Collegiate defeats Hampton County 42-21. So Oceanside advances to play Gray Collegiate. You could call it the 2A Charter School Championship. Oceanside Collegiate to play Gray Collegiate for the state championship in 2A. And in 1A, the finals are set. Christ Church defeats St. Joseph's, its nearby rival, 53-20. And Johnsonville, having a fabulous season, wins at Bamberg Earhart 20-10. So Christchurch and Johnsonville will pair up in the 1A championship game next week. Okay, David Shelton will be joining us in a little bit. Right now, though, to a hot call. To a hot call, we go to Billy Baker with the high school sports report. He's over at White Knoll, where they are celebrating a lower state state championship tonight. Good evening, Billy. Hello, Phil. Uh, I'll tell you, this very exciting game. Uh, in the first half, White Knoll led 14 to nothing, and it was a tale of, of two halves. You, you know, I thought the Green Wave came back hard. They had a couple of home run balls to number three, Yannick Smith. Great defensive plays. I will say this. If there's a better 5A defense in South Carolina in the last 10 years in this state, I have not seen these kids. They're the fire ants of the old South Carolina teams back in the 80s. But Nick Pelham in in his third year, Tom Knotts really hated to lose him at Dutch Fork. He's come over here, and this team is defensive-minded. They shut down Trey Green from Centerville tonight, probably only about 30 yards. But I'll tell you this, White Knoll has a, soft, a sophomore quarterback who had some really good runs tonight, Landon Sharp, and um, he should be on some radars for recruiting. But uh, I'm going to let Coach Pelham tell you about the mission complete now. Three years, he's going to the state championship we just heard that Dutch Fork has taken a one-point lead over J.L. Mann. Is this a storybook possibility? The former coach from Dutch Fork going up against Tom Knotts, his old boss. It's a storybook story. But tonight, White Knoll held, 
held Somerville to 53 net yards in the first half, and that was really the story of the game. Yannick Smith, give him credit, he did have eight or nine catches, and uh, he had two 40-yard pass receptions, unbelievable runs, uh, outstanding player. But it's a white and all night. They're headed, headed to the 5A state title, and here is Coach Pelham live from White Knoll. All right, Billy, thank you. Hello, yes, sir. Coach, Phil Kornblut, the high school scoreboard across the state, and congratulations to you. What a job. How are you feeling right now? Feels great. Uh, it's tremendous. You know, we're just watching all of our kids kind of celebrate with their families. Um, we've gotten to know these kids all really, really well over the last three years. Uh, they've put in so much effort. They've put in so much time. They've, they've been They've tried to live up to our unbelievably high standards that we try to set for them in the weight room, uh, on the practice field, in the game field, and to see them have some success and to see them enjoy success against a great Somerville team, I'm just super proud of them. Well, obviously, what a job turning that program around in three short years, and now you're going to play for a state championship. But let's talk about your defense because Billy and David Shelton and folks around the state who follow it, they talk about white no, talk about that defense, defense, defense. Why are you so good on defense? Our kids are incredibly intelligent. Uh, we're able to put a lot of different things, a lot of different calls. We're able to put kids in multiple spots. Uh, they're very versatile. Um, and, 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 and we've put in a lot of things in, in May and in June and July that for special situations. And so our kids go and practice them every single day. They get tired of it. They get tired of tackling, uh, practicing tackling in, in practice every day. You know, we, we practice tackling four days a week. Our kids, you know, roll their eyes every time we do it, and we demand that they do it as hard as they can. Uh, and it, it's just paying off. So I, I think we're a really good tackling team. I think we're a really good defeating blocked team. And I think our kids are so smart that we're able to do a lot of different things, versatility, pre-snap, post-snap movement. Um, and then, and then when, it, when it really comes down to it, we're, we're a program of toughness. And our defensive kids embody the toughness just, just, to, just to get the guy on the ground. You know, sometimes that's what tackling's about, just to be tougher than the other man and get him on the ground. And they did a great job of that tonight. All right, let me give you this news. We're just seeing it being reported. Final score, Dutch Fork 31, JL Man 30. We're getting that as a final score. So I don't know if you know that. If you do know it, or if you, I'm just telling you, give us your initial reaction to getting ready to go up against the master. Oh, I have no doubt that Dutch Fork would win. Um, I've I, I told anyone that will listen, Coach Nuts is the greatest coach of any sport, of any level, um, at any time. But what he's been able to do at Dutch Fork, what he's been able to do his whole entire career is um, – is really truly amazing. And I know people say that, and I know people say how great it is. But if you really look at what he's been able to do year in, year out, the consistency, it's unbelievably impressive. Um, and it, it, was, it, was a, it was a great time to work for him. It was a great time to learn from him. And I had no doubt that they were going to be in the state championship game, no doubt in my mind at all. Is it going to be, I'm not going to say tough, because you're going to be very happy to have your team and you're going to be there to win the football game and do everything you can. But will it feel a little strange to you to stand on one sideline, see him on the other? I mean, I know you guys play each other in the regular season, but now you're playing for all the marbles. Yes, sir. It's going to be very strange. Um, you know, <clears throat> he's, uh, uh, you know, other, other than um, 
other than maybe my father, I don't think I've ever looked up to any other man as much as I look up to Coach Knotts. Um, you know, I, he's, he's a fantastic coach. He's a fantastic leader of young men. It will be very odd to see him on the other sideline this year. Well, we congratulate you. An all-Columbia State championship, that's something that we haven't talked a lot about <laughs> over the years. So enjoy it. Have a great week of preparation. You know, and, man, you know, what a great job y'all have done. If, yes, sir, I appreciate that. You know, if I can just say one more thing. Sure. You know, that's something that, that people don't give Coach Knotts enough credit for really turning around football in the Midlands. Uh, anybody that plays him in the Midlands knows that they have to work year-round. And, and the quality of football in our area, in, in, in the Columbia area, has, has drastically improved because of him coming to Dutch Fort. Uh, you know, Columbia area was dominated for many years, and, and, and just he's been able to to lift up the whole area of football. Uh, just one more feather in his cap. But thank you for your time. I should do appreciate it. Let me ask you one more thing, if I may. Yes, sir. You still with me? Yes, sir. So when yes, you sir. match up against Coach Knotts, who's going to know who better? Who's going to know? Are you going to know his thinking better than he'll know yours or the other way around? There's no doubt. He'll know me better than I'll know him. Um, one thing I know coach, about Coach Knotts is there's never a day where he's not competing. So even even if it was a May practice, a June practice, a July practice, he was competing against what we were doing on defense. And he, he, he put it in his memory. And uh, he'll definitely know more about me than I know about him. <laughs> Good luck, Coach. Congratulations once again. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you. What a job. What a job. Nick Pelham over at White Knoll. And thank you, Billy. Billy Baker with a hot call. Love when Billy calls in with a hot call. What a job. White Knoll, an afterthought. Can't wait to have David on with us to talk about it. I mean, really, an afterthought for the most part in high school football in these parts. Now going to play for a state championship, and what a story. Uh mentor and student, I guess, more or less, though he was an assistant coach, not a player, assistant coach with uh, Tom Knotts there at Dutch Fork. And how about the turnaround? Boy, you hate it for J.O. Man. They must have, obviously, it was a field goal that beat him because Man was up 30-28. Must have been a field goal late. Dutch Fork wins it 31-30. What a year for J.O. Man. What a job they've done up there. But Dutch Fork left for dead on I-26 like a deer hit by a Mack truck in midseason. Left for dead. And they turned it around. Boy, did they turn it around. Got healthy. We kept hearing David say, quarterbacks hurt. Wait till they get the quarterback. Wait till they get uh, healthy once again, and they'll be there. They'll be a factor. And sure enough, not only are they a factor, they are back in the state championship game. So we've got Dutch Fork and White Knowles set in 5A. We've got Daniel and Camden set in 3A. We've got Gray Collegiate and Oceanside Collegiate set in 2A. We've got Christ Church and Johnsonville. Christ Church and Johnsonville set in 1A. We just need a final on Greenville and Westside. And before we go to the break, let me take another quick gander at the scoreboard, see if we've got a final posted yet. Do we have the final? I'm looking. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. We still, it's in overtime, you're telling me. Uh, 42-35. Now, it must be tied. I'm sorry. Last score we have was 42-35. JP, what score do you have? 42-42? I have that it was 42-35. Westside scored first in overtime. Oh. Uh, so, it'll be 
So they're in. Turn. They're yeah. in overtime. They're in yeah. overtime yeah. is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. Let's go to the break, and we'll come back with more here on the high school scoreboard. We don't have a lot of scores tonight because there's only ten games, but we'll have plenty of reports, and we'll talk to more coaches. I tell you what, man, impressed. That's our first time talking with Coach Pelham. Impressed by him. And you could kind of hear the emotion in his voice when he talked about making it to the finals and facing Tom Knotts. We'll hit this break on the high school scoreboard brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Back in a moment. Looking for a way to fight back against inflation? One viable way to help your money stay relevant during inflation is through investing. To a new investor, investing can feel like a puzzle. With so many pieces to consider, it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance along the way, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. When you're ready to find the pieces to your financial plan, call 866-739-7064 to speak with one of our specialists or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn about how we can help you identify the key pieces to your financial plans. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC, and not NCUA insured. Not guaranteed by credit union and may lose value. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. Welcome back, everybody. It is the high school football school board across the states here on the Sports Talk. Media Network, Phil Kornblutz, on location from our coastal studios, J.P. Barry, back at our studios in Columbia. What's up, J.P.? G. you love a turkey? Huh? Um, you know, not – I'm, I'm not I'm not a big turkey guy. I'm not a big mm. – any like, like, I'm not a big fan of most Thanksgiving foods, actually. Mm. But it was nice to see my family. It was nice to 
uh, go get a Christmas tree and all that. But back to the grind. <laughs> That's right. Back to the grind and back to the reporters we have with us with the story on South Florence and Irmo. Emerson Phillips on the call tonight down in Florence for the Bruins and Irmo. And the Bruins are going back to the state championship to defend their title once again. Emerson, it's great to have you with us. How are you? Exactly, Jason Priester on the call with Emerson. Oh, it's Jason Priester. Okay, I things got. I thought things were switched up on me. I thought it was going to be you, but it turned out. Then I was told it was Emerson, but it's you. Hey, it's all good, man. Welcome, Jason. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Phil. How about you? We're doing great, man. Thanks for calling, and good seeing you the other day. And, boy, South Florence did it again. They keep it rolling. Tell us about tonight's game. Yeah, man, this one was a little interesting. It looked like South Florence was kind of kind of roll away, roll with this thing early. They go up thirteen to nothing on two short touchdown runs by Cyrie Livingston, missed one of the point afters. Thirteen to nothing after the first quarter. Irmo comes storming back, pulls within a score before halftime. Then in the third quarter, when South Florence is typically pulling away from teams, they do it again tonight. They end up scoring a couple more touchdown runs by. Um, 35-yard touchdown run by Zion Gilbert. Uh, fumble return by Justin Joe off of a Zion Gilbert fumble. And all of a sudden, it's 28-7. to Looks like South Florence is, is going to kind of cruise. But Irmer was not done. A couple of late scores. Kelvin Smith with a 43-yard touchdown catch. Donovan Murph, excuse me, with a 58-yard touchdown catch. Pulls Irmo to within 28-21. With just over three minutes left, South Florence gets the ball back. They go three and out, punt it away. Irmo gets the ball at midfield. Cannot pick up a first down. South Florence's defense just pinned their ears back. A couple of sacks, one by Terry Gordon, and that, that was it. South Florence holds on 28-21. 29 wins in a row for the Bruins, and now we'll be playing for their second straight state title. How about that? How about that? So when I got the score and I was talking about the game and I mentioned, you know, you had Lenora Sellers, you had the great quarterback throwing to his brother last year, and I guess others, the brother's hurt, he's out, Sellers is in Columbia. But what the, the feeder program, the younger kids, whoever it is they had to plug in, must be awfully good as well to step right in there and keep it going. This is a totally different offensive philosophy from what we've seen from South Florence a year ago. You know, they, they could do a little bit of everything. Lenore Sellers throwing it around the field, strong running game. This year, they just line it up. They lean on that strong offensive line. They line it up, run it right at you. Um, lost their top running back on, like, the third play of the season to an injury. He's not been back since. So, so they've used a lot of Zion Gilbert and, and R.J. Jett in that running game. But over the back half of the season, they've gone to a lot of wildcat with Cyrie Livingston. Uh, he has scored like 16 touchdowns over the past seven games. He's been a catalyst for that offense. When they need a big play, it's usually him. He had 167 rushing yards in the first quarter alone tonight. But but Irmo did a good job bottling him up the rest of the way, and they leaned on Gilbert, and Gilbert had over 100 yards tonight. But it, but it's that South Florence defense that, that's so good. They allow less than 200 yards per game. It's, it's tough to run on them. The pass defense was on point tonight. They just – did not allow A.J. Brand of Irmo anything until the one long touchdown pass late in the game. There's so much speed on that side of the ball. South Mars, you know, they can lean on that running game and lean on that defense and kind of wear you down 
over the second half of the game. And that's that's typically how they've done this season, just lean on the running game and wait until they wear you down and it takes over late in games. Jason, great job. Uh, boy, I hope you can get words in like that edgewise uh, working with Emerson. Does, does he allow you to, uh, you know, expand your thoughts like that? <laughs> Every now and then, man. Every now and then. We, we both like to talk a lot, though, so it's not always easy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know the feeling after being with these uh, you and those other guys on Wednesday in Florence. Uh, great job. By the way, Westside has won its game, so it'll be Westside and South Florence next week for the state championship. The Rams defeat Greenville High in overtime, 42-35. Jason, thanks. We'll see you tomorrow in Columbia. Appreciate it, Phil. Thanks. Take care, buddy. Okay, there you go. And Westside beat Greenville. 4235 West Side, South Florence next week. And we'll be back. All righty, rolling along with you here on the high school football scoreboard brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. It is state semifinal night, upper and lower state championship night. And we are set for the state finals. All the games are over, and we have our brackets ready down to the final two teams in each class. You're just joining us in 5A, Dutch Fork 31, Man 30, White Knoll 21, Somerville 14. In 4A, overtime, Westside 42, Greenville 35, South Florence 28, Irmo 21. In 3A, Daniel 28, Belton Honeypath 23, Camden, 46, Brooklyn Casey, 30. In 2A, Gray Collegiate, 27, Abbeville, 12. And Oceanside Collegiate, 42, Hampton County, 21. 1A, Christchurch, 53, St. Joseph's, 20. And Johnsonville, 20, Bamberg Earhart, 10. There you go with the scores. Let's welcome in David Shelton now, who has finished up his duties covering the Oceanside Collegiate win over Hampton County. Welcome in, David. Impressive victory tonight for Oceanside Collegiate. You said on Sports Talk you were impressed. By the way, Hampton County looked, as far as their physiques and everything on the field, Oceanside Collegiate obviously looks pretty good too, and they must have played uh, really, really well tonight, both sides of the line. Well, you know, um, I mean, Oceanside Collegiate played really good for about five minutes, and that's all it took because they were down in this game 21-14 to 14, with about eight minutes to go in the third quarter. Zion Dobson, the Mr. Football finalist from Wade Hampton, had just ripped off a 77-yard touchdown run, and they had – Oceanside was up 14 nothing, down 21-14. Then they threw on third down from, like, their own 13-yard line. They threw a deep pass that was tipped. And then the receiver caught the deflection and ran it in for a touchdown. And from that point on, they scored three more times in the next four minutes. Uh, they they blocked a punt for a touchdown. Uh, Wade Hampton um, fumbled a kickoff. And on the first play, uh, Oceanside threw a long touchdown pass. And then Wade Hampton kind of, you know, maybe panicked a little bit, tried to get a fourth down play deep in their own end and didn't get it, and Oceanside scored in two plays, and it went from 21-14 to 42-21, to and then the fourth quarter was just sort of a melted. Uh, Oceanside ended the game on the two-yard line 
could have scored again, but took a knee. But uh, it was not um, – I mean, Oceanside did not have – through until the last drive of the game, they had like 12 yards rushing. Huh. Um, they threw they threw the ball pretty well, but a, a couple of lucky plays. Um, you know, but Zion Dobson kept Wade Hampton – I mean, Hampton County in the game. He's legit. He had about 200 yards on the ground. Um, but really nothing after that 77-yard run. He didn't do he didn't do a whole lot after that. And uh, Oceanside kind of stiffened up defensively, um, you know. And, and you know, I, I think Oceanside was the better team. I mean, I, I thought I picked them to win. Uh, but I tell you what, for a, for a little while there, it, it was a touch and go. There was a lot of nervous fans on the Oceanside side. On the ocean side, side that's kind of hard to say. You're right. Uh, until they had that spurt, it was in doubt. And so, David, you've got your charter school state championship game in two way: Oceanside <laughs> Collegiate Woo! and Gray Collegiate. What do you think? How much do you think that's going to be talked about over the next five days? <laughs> Holy cow! Um, you know, I, I said the same thing on the field to somebody that was there from Oceanside. I was like, "Well, you know." The public got what they wanted, and he said, "No, they didn't." Mm. But, uh, but I, 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 you know, I've seen Oceanside twice now. Uh, they're resilient as heck. I mean, they really do uh, play hard. They're playing a freshman at quarterback. Uh, they played him the entire playoff, and he threw four touchdown passes tonight. But you know, a couple of, couple of, I don't want to say lucky plays, but a couple of plays that don't normally happen. I tell you what Gray did tonight beating Abbeville kind of gives me the thought that they they will be the favorite. I think they are, uh, Gray is probably a little better overall, especially on the offensive side. Oceanside's got to find a way to run the ball better, and I don't know that they will. Um, I think beating Abbeville tonight, Gray kind of showed that, you know, they're legit. And, uh, you know, it's the game that nobody wants to see except the fans from them two teams. But I, I, I would – I would say that Gray is is the favorite. I would pick Gray, but I tell you what, I mean, Oceanside showed they they showed some stuff tonight. They really did because I, I mean, after that seventy seven yard run, it was twenty one fourteen, and I was like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, the tip pass that went for an eighty seven yard touchdown, and it just it just blossomed for them and fell apart for 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 Hampton County. All right, David, stand by. Got some guys waiting to jump on with us to tell us about their game. So let's go to uh, Thomas Grant. Thomas Grant joining us from Prep Red Zone, South Carolina. And, Thomas, welcome in. Which game did you take in tonight, sir? Well, I was at Red Bank where you had the lowest state final between White Knoll and Somerville. And the way it started off the first half, it basically resembled how White Knoll had played the entire playoff. This was a team that only had allowed 14 points, had posted four shutouts during the season, and 14 of the recorders, they only, 12 of them, they allowed zero points. And it was the same thing tonight. I mean, their strategy for the most part tonight was basically backing up, allowing Somerville to get short passes, but then close in quickly to snuff out the play. So really, initially, Somerville was not really able to get any of the long passes to Leonard Smith or Jaden Cummins was definitely under a lot of a pressure. And then the first half, the White Nose took a 14 up lead. The first touchdown came on a long pass from Landing Sharp to C.J. Earl. 
to put them up seven to nothing. Then just before half, they got a th- after a, a another long pass from Landon Sharp and a run, they were able to uh, they were able to get a five yard touchdown from Tion Fanning to go up fourteen nothing at the half. The second half, they were initially started the same way with White Nose defense, in particular Jaden Kimball, who literally was everywhere on the field tonight. I mean, he, he was not only on up on defense, basically making big hit after big hit and big stops, he was also playing wide receiver, also running back. He did, he handled the punting duties, and he actually had quite a few kicks that kept Somerville um, deep in their own territory. And for the most part, it was going that way until Somerville got finally got that big play that we're looking for from Yannick Smith where he got a 56-yard reception, which set up the first of two touchdowns by Trey Green. But the turning point in the game really was in the, early in the fourth quarter where Jaden Cummins was pressured out of the pocket. He tried to throw the ball out of bounds, and instead Mondo Dominic, this was a kid who had a torn ACL a year ago, was able to make a diving catch while going out of bounds and managing to keep his feet in bounds to set up a short yardage touchdown a few plays later for White No on a run by Landon Sharp to go up 21-7. to um, Somerville was able to get the ball back. They were able to get another long pass to Yannick Smith, which set up the second touchdown by Trey Green. But in the end, um, they had one last chance after with less than two minutes left to get the ball, but then White Nose defense basically held firm. They forced two back-to-back incompletions, and now they're headed to the state championship game for the first time in school history. But an interesting note about this with this matchup with Dutch Brook, this will be the third time these two teams have met twice in a season. Hmm. And Dutch Brook, yeah, they've met three times in the playoffs. And Dutch Fork has won the previous two times in 2012 and 2016. And then if you stretch it out further, when it comes to teams and rematches with Tom Knott's team, Dutch Fork is 7-1. and one. The one loss came in 2015 to Dorman, which seems like everything that's happened bad in the past for Dutch Fork has been the 2015 season. I mean, that was the last time they lost a region game up until this year with White No ended that streak. So, like I said, you're going to have a lot of few stories. Of course, there's going to be the whole student versus the teacher deal when it comes to Pelham and Coach Knotts. But it's definitely going to – I predict definitely it's going to be a low-scoring contest because you probably have two of the better defenses that are playing that are still in this whole season. And then one other note, when it comes to that region, it's kind of fitting that it's region 4-5-8 is going to the finals because as of tonight, that region is 9-2 and two in the postseason. Strong region right here in the Midlands. Uh, thank you so much, Thomas. Great work. Tell everybody to find you over at Prep Red Zone SC, Prep Red Zone South Carolina. can read your work and the work of others who are covering high school football there. Uh, we thank you. We'll see you next week. Great hearing from you. Okay. Well, we'll see you on this weekend. It's gonna be, we'll be busy up there in Orangeburg. Absolutely. Thank you, Thomas Grant. Uh, David Shelton. Your thoughts on this one, and I don't know. It's sort of like Nick Saban against his former assistants. He's like never hardly lost. I think Jimbo Fisher got him the other year. What about Tom Knotts against former assistants, if there's a history there with a bunch of those guys, if any of them have ever beaten him? 
Well, I tell you, I remember I go back to the first week of the playoff when we were talking about Dutch Fork and White Knoll, and I, I said that night it would not shock me at all if we didn't have a rematch between Pelham and Knott. And here we go. We're going to get that rematch. And, and you heard Thomas say the success that Knott's has had of playing a team twice in a season. Um, I have I have great, great respect for White Knoll and the season they've had, but I would be the biggest hypocrite in America if I said that White Knoll was going to beat Dutch Fork after I've been saying since October Dutch Fork was going to win the state championship. <laughs> and – I don't know how they did it tonight because I went down on the field and they were losing 30 to 28. Now I see they kicked the field goal, but I thought they had lost. And, uh, you know, and I was about to give kudos to J.O. Mann, and they, and they, they deserve it. Yeah. As does Somerville. I mean, those were two great teams. Uh, we knew these games would be tight. We knew they would be very uh, well played and well coached. And, you know, a turnover or a defensive stop would be the difference. And, and here we go. I mean, it's going to be, I would suspect, the way these two teams know each other so well, I would suspect a low-scoring game next week. Uh, it'll come down to the fourth quarter. You know, the first game was 17-14. So, I, I, the way White Knoll plays defense, uh, I would suspect it's going to be that type of game again. Yeah, and obviously Coach Pelham's got a win over uh, Tom Knotts. I wonder if any of his other – former assistants that he's faced uh, have had any kind of success. All right, hang on, David. Well, we not, got to, They're not many. I was going to say. That are yeah. Still a head coach. Yeah. There are not many that are coaching. So, I mean, Pelham would be the one. All right, David, hang on. Got to run to a break. Coming up, we've got Dennis Brunson with the story on the Camden win over Brooklyn Casey and Chris Deering with the story on Gray Collegiate in Abbeville. Can't wait to hear about what happened in those two games So, guys, hang on. We're going to hit this break here on the high school scoreboard, and then we will be back. All right? So don't leave us. This is the Founders Federal High School Football Scoreboard across the state on the Sports Talk Media Network. Relax with an auto loan from Founders Federal Credit Union. Here at Founders, we understand that it's more than just a vehicle. It's a part of your life's journey. From hobbies changing to families growing, it's with you along the way. Our low fixed rates can get you on the road in a ride that fits your life. Not sure what you want? Apply early for a pre-approved spending limit so you know what to look for before you start shopping. Head over to one of our 41 convenient office locations or visit foundersfcu.com to apply for an auto loan today. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. 
It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-2174 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Welcome back, everybody, to the high school football scoreboard brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Phil Kornblutz on location, J.P. Barry at our studios in Columbia. We go back to great reporters in the field. Can't, can't, can't thank you guys enough. Can't pay you. Can't thank you enough. So what are we going to do except give you some airtime? Let's go to Dennis Brunson. From the High School Sports Report, he watched Camden take down Brooklyn Casey tonight, 3A, lower state final, 46-30 to tonight. Dennis, good showing by those Bulldogs. Night, man. They were, I mean, they, they had everything working. They've got a, a lot of different weapons, and um, obviously Grayson White's the quarterback, and um, Avery Hickman, good little running back. And then they've got um, John Mayrant. Um, at wide receiver, and they they get the little um, shovel pass, jet sweep, whatever you want to call it with him, and he's just tough to stop. And they they just had everything clicking tonight. Um, Brooklyn Casey um, um, did not stop them um, as far as turning it over on a punt or anything. Um, Camden did have a couple of turnovers. Um, they fumbled. One of the turnovers was a fumble at um, Brooklyn Casey two-yard line after a 68-yard completion. So, I mean, they they just had it clicking um, with everybody tonight, and um, and and Camden did a good job defensively in handling um, Will Young, um, Brooklyn Casey's stud athlete, and as as well as a running back, Deshaun Washington. I'm not sure on numbers, and Young had a good ball game, but he didn't put up 315 like he did last week. Um, I mean, he, um, but Camden, Camden, um, had him, um, schemed up pretty good. They, um, um, coach Remp, um, Brian Remp told me that he just, they just wanted to get, um, hats to the ball as much as they could with him because he can, he has the ability to slip, um, one-on-one tackles quite easily. I mean, he's a, he's an outstanding football player. Um, and, um, Camden just, they, they were ready for him. Um, I, that's about the best I can say. They had it clicking offensively and did what they needed to do defensively. Um, um, Brooklyn Casey scored um, right at the start of the fourth quarter to cut the um, score to eight. And um, Camden started at its 20 and drove down and drove down and drove down, ended up scoring to win 46 to 30. Um, um, they, they, they kept the two. 
it never got any closer than a one possession game. So um, Cameron's got a tough, um, tough one next week with Daniel. But I know um, I was talking to Grayson after the game, Grayson White, and um, Daniel beat him two years ago in the state championship when they had a bunch of guys that were sophomores that were um, um, that that led them to the state championship game um, after a lot of their starters got hurt. Um, and um, they're looking forward to getting the opportunity to play Daniel again. I would think so. And we thank you so much for that report. Hopefully we'll see you next week over at uh, South Carolina State, state championship games. Thank you. Uh, all right, Phil. Y'all have a good evening. You too. Thank you, Dennis Brunson. And let's go to Chris Deering, who was at maybe, I tell you, this one was – on paper and on the field, one of the best games of the night, Abbeville and Gray Collegiate. Welcome in, Chris. You got to bring your your breakfast, your lunch, and your dinner anytime you play Abbeville. Gray must have done that tonight. Oh, they most definitely did. Um, man, it was a hard-hitting physical game. I think everybody expected that coming in. Um, and the way this sort of panned out, you know, Abbeville took the opening kickoff and went down and scored, had a 24-yard touchdown pass from uh, DeMarcus Leach to Carson Norman, and you thought, oh, boy, you know, Abbeville's here, and and you know what they could do. Uh, They ran it all the way down to the 24, and then, you know, calling the pass play is unusual for Abbeville, and getting in the end zone, you thought it might be be the Panthers' night. But really after that point, it was pretty much all great collegiate. Um, You know, they answered back just before the half. It took them a, a little bit to get their offense going. But uh, right before the half, Tyler uh, Waller hit Blaine Redmond on a seven-yard touchdown. I made it 6-6 at the break. And, you know, you expected the second half to be another slugfest like it was. But ended up having a couple of big plays that really turned out to be the difference, I thought. Um, Gray took the lead with five minutes to go in the third quarter. Waller hit his, threw his second touchdown pass to Jamarius Lockett, an 18-yarder, and I gave him a 13-6 lead. Um, but it didn't take um, Abbeville long. A couple of possessions later, uh, Leach broke free on an 80-yard touchdown run to uh, get it to win 13-12. to uh, There was a penalty on the extra point, so Abbeville tried to go for two, and, and they missed it. Uh, Michael Bowler came through. Made the big stop, so it was 13 to 12. Um, great collegiate, but then on the ensuing kickoff, probably the probably the turning point of the game. B.J. Montgomery sort of he bobbles the kickoff, he drops it, but he's able to pick it up and he goes 88 yards for the touchdown. That makes it 20 to 20 to 12. Uh, Gray late in the late in the third quarter, and so you know Abbeville's got their backs against the wall. They 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 have to punt on their next possession. And, and Gray takes it down and, and scores the final touchdown with uh, seven seven fifty nine to go. Montgomery added a five yard touchdown, and, and that made it twenty seven to twelve. And Abbeville had to throw it at that point, and everybody knows that's not the, the Panthers' strong point, and weren't able to move it much after that. But big win for Gray Collegiate. You know they won the state championship two years ago. They won it all, and now they get to go back and, and they'll they'll kick the weekend off against Oceanside Collegiate on Thursday night. Wow, looking forward to that. Uh, thank you, Chris. Great job, as always. Chris uh, reporting for Prep Zone South Carolina, Prep Red Zone South Carolina. And we thank you, and you can read Chris's stuff there. And we'll see you down in uh, Orangeburg next week, I'm sure. 
Yep, looking forward to it. See you down there for all three nights. You got it, sir. Thank you. All right. So, David, you've heard um, you were there. You saw Oceanside. You just heard that report. Like I said, to beat Abbeville, uh, you got to bring it. And I guess they they kind of, even though Abbeville had kind of a surprise touchdown pass early in that ball game, you kind of put them in an uncomfortable situation when they have to play from behind and throw the football. If you can make them do that, you've kind of got them where you want them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't do that with Oceanside because they can throw the football. But, uh, you know, Gray is is underrated defensively. And and Oceanside is very good on defense. So I, I, I really don't – I mean, if Gray scores 28, they probably win the state championship against Oceanside. But I don't know if either team can score 28. Um, I know Gray has explosive capability, but – I've seen Oceanside two weeks in a row, and they did give up. They did give up the the big run tonight. So I mean, every team's going to do that. You're going to mm-hmm. there's going to be ebbs and flows. But I, I like Gray to win the game, but I, I think it's going to be very competitive. It'll be fun to watch. In that, um, you know, you're going to see uh, two teams that are maybe uh, outfitted a little bit differently than your typical public school team in a lot of cases. In other words, uh, they maybe have a little more money different situation uh, as far as how they get their players and you know everything that's been talked about with these charter school situations will be on display in particular is this the first time we'll talk about it after the break i'm just trying to think the first time we've had two charters facing off for a championship we'll talk more about that after the break is the Founders Federal High School Football Scoreboard on the Sports Talk Media Network. Coming up, scores and reports from across the state and analysis from David Shelton. The scoreboard is brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Relax, you're with Founders. Now your host for the high school scoreboard, Phil Kornblut. Welcome back in, everybody, to the high school football scoreboard across the state of South Carolina, brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. It's great to have you. Phil Kornblut and David Shelton and also J.P. Barry back at our studios in downtown Columbia. This is uh, hour number two. Uh, Next week we'll be coming to you on this very show from the state championships at South Carolina State. In fact, we'll, we'll be there for all three nights with Sports Talk and the high school scoreboard show. In fact, working on some special things for the high school scoreboard show next week, so make sure you're with us. If you're just tuning in, you're wondering how things went tonight in the state semis. Upper and lower state finals, it looks like this. In 5A, Dutch Fork 31, J.L. Mann 30, late field goal for the Silver Foxes. White Knoll, their region rival, defeats Somerville 21-14. 4A playoffs in overtime, Westside 42, Greenville 35, and South Florence 28, Irmo 21 in the 3A playoffs. Daniel 28, Belton Honeypath 23, and Camden 46, Brooklyn Casey 30. In the 2A playoffs, Gray Collegiate 27, Abbeville 12, Oceanside Collegiate 42, Hampton County 21, and the 1A semifinals, upper lower state finals, Christ Church 53, St. Joseph's 20, and Johnsonville, 20, Bamberg, Earhart, 10. Let's get more on that Daniel game tonight. Daniel having just an 
incredible, incredible run over the last several years. 28-23, the Lions over an outstanding Belt and Honeypath team that was hoping to get to a state championship, sidelined by Daniel. Brew Nimmons, the sports editor at the Pickens County Courier. First time I think we've had somebody from the Pickens County Courier join us, so it's an honor. Brew, welcome in. How are you? I'm good. How are y'all tonight? We're doing great. Thank you for calling us. And if you would, give us the rundown on how Daniel pulled this thing out tonight. Well, I mean, it was a it was a slow start for the Lions. BHP goes up 10-0 to early, and then the offense really started to get rolling in the second quarter. Uh, Colton Chapman, Daniel's senior quarterback, really found his footing, had a passing touchdown, a couple rushing touchdowns, and that allowed them to take a 21-17 lead at halftime. Um, a little bit of jockeying in the third quarter, and the Lions were able to add another touchdown. Tory Shaw put him up 28-17, but Marquise Henderson, he first time I've seen him since I think he was maybe a freshman, and he really lived up to expectations, got them back in the game. Um, down at the goal line with, I think, a little over a minute left in this one, uh, I think first and goal from the two, there's a jumbled handoff. Daniel recovers 28-23, and even though Henderson had over 220 yards rushing, Daniel pulled out the win. Wow. How about that? Um, update us on kind of where Daniel is. I know the streak was broken, the, the long winning streak, but what is, what's the numbers? Like how many out of how many has Daniel won here over the last few years? Well, the, the number I can tell you is this uh, last week, the senior class became Daniel's uh, winningest senior class ever. The senior class moved to 50-1 and one in their career tonight. So, I mean, just a tremendous run at Daniel High School. Going back to that 2020 uh, state championship, and even the two years before when they made it to the third round and made it to the upper state championship in consecutive years. Well, I tell you what, they do a great job of uh, coaching up there, Coach Frewster. They do a great job uh, developing uh, players. Uh, it, it seems like, Brew, the, the line of talent there never seems to run dry. It seems like every year they got new players that they plug in uh, to that program, kind of like the days of Alan Sitterly, maybe folks might remember that. Um, and, and, of course, they've had other great coaches there as well. But the, the flow of talent just seems to continue there. I mean, it, it's been tremendous, honestly, to be a part of it. I started covering Daniel. I played there when I was in high school. And then in 2017, that season was my first season covering. So pretty much throughout Coach Brewster's tenure, I mean, three state championships appearances in four years. It's only been done once before. That was with uh, Coach Sitterly in 95, 97, and 98. Um and, and the way they've reloaded this year has been the most interesting because this was the year I felt more than any other of the recent runs under Coach Brewster that it may be a little down just because of the, the number of offensive losses they had. I mean, Blaine Simon, they lost three huge college receivers. You know, Tanks at Clemson now, Eli Merckx at Oklahoma, Jalen Brown Walsh went to Wingate. But, I mean, it was just I, I didn't know how they could overcome it. Colton Chapman's done a tremendous job coming on this year. Kari Bennett's the first 1,000-yard running back Daniel had since Jalen was in 2013. The defense is as good as I've seen to Daniel. Well, Brew, we thank you for calling us tonight. I'm sorry we missed you during the season, but if you would, save our number, make a note to remember us come next football season. Love to have you with us on Friday nights to give us a story on the Daniel game. Really appreciate that. Of course, I'm always happy to help whenever I can, and thank you all for having me on tonight. Thank you. Okay, Brew Emmons, former Daniel Lyon himself, 
sports editor of the Pickens County Courier. Now, David, you being a long time, I mean long time newspaper guy, you got to appreciate a kid that comes out of high school and goes into journalism, becomes a sports editor at obviously a, a small paper, the Pickens County Courier, but he sees an opportunity. He's covering an area and a team that he has strong feelings for and great knowledge of, but this might be the beginning of a nice career for him. And David was left speechless by that uh, introduction. JP, have we lost David? Here I am. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but I, I totally agree. And, and, and I was saying, <laughs> I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the old guard, so I'm, you know, I'm not going to be around forever, so we need these young bucks to come and take the handle. <laughs> and, uh, you, know, you know, guys like me and Chris Deering, I know he'll appreciate me saying how old he is, but yeah. I am older than Chris. Um, Dennis Bunsen's older than me. So, uh, but yeah, these young guys coming along, you know, there's a lot of good ones around the state and, and, you know, I think it's really cool. You grow up in a certain area and then you get to go back and cover their high school teams, you know, in the area that you grew up in. So you have a, you have an idea of the history of the area, um, not just Daniel, but in the Pickens County area. Uh, but yeah, that's first. I, I don't know him, and that I didn't even know there was a Pickens County Courier, but now I do. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I do. With so many small town papers, county papers folding, everything seemingly moving to dot coms on the internet. It's good to see, and I hope they make it. I hope they make it successful. Hometown reporting, hometown newspapers. Those are, you know, those are the the lifeblood. Those were the lifeblood of a. Of, of communities back then. So many of them have dried up for obvious reasons. Just glad to know that there's people out there still still working it and, and walking the, the sidelines and kicking up the chalk, so to speak. So thanks to Brew. I appreciate him joining us tonight. Uh, so, David, let's go. Let's talk about Daniel. 50 and 1 for that senior class. I mean, that's just that's going to kind of leave, leave you shaking your head and, and, and saying, wow, that is that's incredible, and that only loss was in the state championship game or, or state semifinal game, right? Yeah, and and I tell you that you know a lot of people felt the way Drew felt, including me, that maybe if they were going to take a step back, you know, lose a few games, uh, this would be the year because they did lose so much talent the last couple of years, and um, you know, and they just they, they what they what Jeff Fuchsia has done this year is really remarkable um to stay on top and you know and just take every challenge as it comes and and to win a game tonight you know belt and honey pass about to go in and take the lead on the two-yard line and and they force the fumble and recover it you know it's just it just speaks to you know what he's been able to develop in that program in terms of just the tradition and the never give up and and like like drew said you just have another group coming from JV, from B team, you know, they hit the weight room, and then by the time their sophomores are ready to contribute on the varsity level, but uh, you know, they're, they're, them and Camden gonna have a heck of a game. Um, if if I if I was forced to pick, I'd, I'd take Daniel right now because I think their defense uh, is really, really the strength of their team. But I tell you, that Camden offense, they just keep putting up points every week. Um, but, you know, they do give up some points. But, man, they're, they're, that big old quarterback, Grayson White, 
plays defensive end and quarterback. How, how much do you see that around these days? Um, they're they're very tough physical team. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a physical game. And I remember, I, was it twenty twenty or twenty twenty one when they played at Spring Valley? I think it was twenty twenty. I think it was COVID year, and they just had that high scoring game, just back and forth, back and forth. I, I kind of think this this might have an opportunity to be that type of game. Last time I remember seeing Camden, though, in the state championship game was over at Benedict just a couple of years ago, maybe not last year, maybe two years ago, and they lost. I can't remember who they lost to, but I remember that they lost. So I would imagine that obviously they're going to be motivated, but maybe the memory of that for coach and staff and some players is going to be a little extra special get up and go for them. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, you got. I'm trying to think who they lost to. Um, yeah, me too. Did they? Did they lose to Daniel? Might have been. We'd have to go back and look it up. I'll look it up yeah, I, during I, the break. I the year they played at Spring Valley, I think that was COVID year 2020. Uh, they had. They lost. To, they lost to Daniel, and that was a really high scoring game. But I, I cannot remember who who they beat. Who they lost to the next year, but. You know, you're talking about two-story programs. I mean, you, when you go back in the history of South Carolina high school football, um, you know, you, like you said, you mentioned Alan Sitterly. Remember Billy Ammons when he was at Camden had those great teams with Andre Carter and Bobby Ingram and Mo Fountain and, I mean, just some dudes. Mm. Um, you know, that, 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 that's going to be a heck of a – that's going to be a heck of a, a football game. By the way, while we're yeah, talking about – go ahead. To Daniel – uh, Camden lost to Daniel 20 and 21. So one year was at Spring Valley. The next year was at uh, Benedict. That's the one you remember. And okay. neither team made last year, I guess. Okay. Uh, while we're talking about great coaches, legendary coaches, <clears throat> I saw where Coach Bob Prevett passed away uh, over the weekend or so earlier this week. Uh, I think his family announced that. I believe he was 98 years old. Um, yep. Long time, highly successful coach, primarily at Gaffney, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he was the, I think he was the winningest coach at Gaffney until maybe Dan Jones just passed him. But um, but that was you know before my time. But I know they he won a bunch of state titles, and you know back in the day it was Somerville, Gaffney, um, McKissick, you know people like that. And uh, we're you know, boy, he lived to be ninety eight. That's an awesome life. Absolutely. One more thing on Jeff Frewster at Daniel, just looking at his at Camden, rather, uh, just looking at, I'm sorry, at Daniel. We're talking about Daniel. Uh, no, we're talking about Camden, aren't we? My bad. I was looking at, at Daniel here for a moment. Boy, Jeff Frewster, uh, after winning eight games his first two years and losing in the first round, he's gone state finals, 11 wins, 11 wins, quarterfinals, championship 10-0. and 0, That was the COVID year. Championship fourteen and zero in twenty one, uh, quarterfinals last year twelve and one. That's when they lost that game, and then thirteen and zero so far this year to the quarter to the state finals. So, heck of a run, heck of a job by him. We're going to run to the break here on the high school football scoreboard. When we come back, wow, we got a couple of great reports coming up. We have got Lou Bajak standing by to uh, give us a story on the uh, going to talk more about Camden and Brooklyn Casey 
And also, we're going to get the story on that West Side Greenville game. What a game that was. Scott Keeler is standing by. So, fellas, hang on. We'll get to you after the break here on the High School Scoreboard. Be right back. Investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider, and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step toward reaching your financial goals. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long-term care planning consultation, now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit LawyerLisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. All right, let's jump right back into it here on the high school scoreboard. Lou Bajak from the state newspaper joining us now. He was over at that Camden-BC game tonight. And welcome in, Lou. It's great to have you with us. Uh, what did you see? What did you take away from that game as we look ahead to the state championship next week with uh, Camden and Daniel going to mix it up? Yeah, round three. Uh, Daniel the one in, uh, like you guys said in, before the break, uh, in 2020, 2021. Now Camden will get a shot. And uh, uh, just a, a great performance offensively uh, tonight by Camden. Uh, they didn't punt. Um, they scored. It was either score or turnover. I mean, <laughs> they scored six. They had nine drives, six touchdowns, three turnovers, and three of them were – all three were in the inside the 20. So they, it could have been a lot worse. BC, credit BC for hanging in there, coming up with a, some big defensive stops. They just um, couldn't get the one, and they got it to 38-30 on the first play of the fourth quarter, but um, uh, they couldn't stop Camden on the next drive. Uh, Camden uh, drove it 
Um, I think converted on two fourth downs, the last one coming on a fourth and two at the five. Grayson White, uh, their quarterback, ran it in, uh, ran for four touchdowns tonight. Just a, a big dude and played some defensive end like he has. I mean, I don't know many uh, teams who's uh, he's the passing leader, second leading rusher, leads the team in sacks and quarterback pressures. So, uh, yeah, just a, just a heck of a night for uh, Camden. Camden's defense, every time they the offense turned it over, they did not um, – BC couldn't capitalize on it. So Camden headed back to uh, their third state title appearance in uh, last five years, 17th overall. Uh, and they will get Daniel uh, to cap things off uh, next Saturday night. Well, one thing about Brian Rimp, no matter who he faces, he's going to have the best beard of anybody on the sideline. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what about him as a coach now? He took over in 2017. Uh, a little bit of a slow start, but once he got past that first year, he's he's had him rolling, as you mentioned, the finals, the many that he that they've been to. What is it about him? Is it that NFL mentality that he brings to this program? Yeah, I think that, and I think he's just embraced uh, the, the cult, you know, with the tradition and the history of Camden. I think he's embraced it, and uh, they've welcomed him, and uh, he's put together a really good staff. Uh, you got – some former head coaches, and you got um, just a, a good staff, and they've had some talent, obviously, uh, to, to come through. But uh, just every year, I think their offense is just really strong, um, year in and year out. The short passing game, and they showed they were able to run the ball tonight. But yeah, it was just um, he, he's done a really good job, and um, coming in from the NFL, and uh, just. Uh, he grows that beard. I think he starts it in, like, February each year. He'll shave <laughs> it after the season, and then he, he won't shave it again, I think, like, Feb, from February on, and then <laughs> interesting. Smart move because, like, if he doesn't win the championship, he shaves the beard. Nobody around Camden will recognize him, so it's a good way to be incognito. <laughs> yeah, I didn't recognize I remember seeing him at a, a basketball game last year. I'm like, oh, man, I he looks uh, totally different. Uh, Lou, as always, we thank you. Look forward to talking to you next week, seeing you in uh, Orangeburg. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Let's go from Lou. We go to uh, Scott Keeler, who had one of the great games to cover tonight for Prep Red Zone SC. Westside and Greenville, what a game. Uh, Scott, thank you for joining us. Uh, give us a uh, the details on how this thing uh, ended with the Rams coming away with the exciting win. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a heck of a ball game. It was really back and forth between two uh, outstanding offenses the first half, 28-21 Westside the break. And then um, Westside led 35-21 going to the fourth quarter, and uh, Rainbow kind of got things going toward a uh, touchdown early in the fourth, and then with about 50 seconds left, tied it up force overtime and um uh west side you know they they like i said they blew the 14 point lead in the fourth quarter but they got the ball first in, the, in overtime it looked very poised scored scored two plays uh forced greenville uh for the fourth and goal about the 12 and uh west side jamar boston who had a huge night on offense came up with the interception to steal the uh win for west side the Boston kid's quite the player, right? I think he's committed to. I think he's committed to somebody. State. Say again, NC oh, State. NC State. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. At least for now, we'll see if anybody locally tries to grab him and turn him because he's a heck of a player. Um, he but sure the, is. 
I was going to ask you about the quarterback from Westside because Scott Early, the former head coach there, maybe that's why Westside's moving on because, uh, you know, Scott Early retired, uh, joke. Um, but the quarterback uh, that they have in there, he's, he seems to be a very productive, uh, very efficient quarterback running that offense. He is, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny. Um, they, they, these teams met in the regular season. Uh, Westside won. Uh, it was a region game, and uh, that's why Westside was home tonight because they won the region. Mm. Um, and uh, they won 28-14 up at Serene Stadium, and they ran the ball very well there. Well, tonight they came out firing, and uh, Cutter Woods, the quarterback, had 250 yards and four touchdown passes in the first half. He ran for their only touchdown in the second half before the overtime. Um, the thing about going back to Boston a little bit, too, when they played in the regular season, Boston had a big mitt on his left hand um, from a hand injury, and he only played defense. And he was a big offensive contributor last year. Uh, well, that gloves off literally and figuratively tonight because he caught eight passes for 160 yards on offense tonight, two touchdowns. And their other receiver, Josh Williams, who's going to Chattanooga, he caught seven passes for 135 yards and two touchdowns. And so you get those two receivers. They've got a stable of running backs that are really good. And Cutter Woods kind of directs the show. It's a really, really tough offense to know what to do against, how to try to defend it. Well, this should be an intriguing matchup between Westside and South Florence. Uh, Scott, thank you so much. Appreciate the calls all season long. Hopefully we'll see you. Uh, possibly in uh, Orangeburg at the state championships. If not, we'll we'll talk to you during the football season next year. Yeah, we'll see you next year. Phil got got some got Furman to do, Furman uh, to be uh, playing next week at home, so probably be next year for me. But it's been a pleasure to talk to you all year. Oh, same here, man. Thank you and great work uh, for you and the and and give us the uh, website up there one more time that you guys have got going covering high school sports. Uh, I've got a few. I'm, I'm working. Uh, Ian Sheeran recruited me to prep Red Zone. Which we've done, been doing some work for, and uh, we've been a little busy over at uh, Harrison Saddle, but we still got that going through uh, those two sites. Well, that's great, man. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you next Thank year. You. Okay. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. All right, Scott Keeler. Appreciate that. Uh, David, we'll talk about this because i got a, a text message on somebody watching South Florence tonight said, yeah, they won 28-21. Didn't throw it a whole lot. Um, so we'll talk about maybe the differences in these two teams uh, meeting up for the 4A championship. Be back in a moment. Back we are, final half hour of the high school scoreboard brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. On this Friday night, Phil Kornblut, David Shelton, and J.P. Barry at the studios in Columbia looking uh, looking so cool. Donning the Notre Dame, I'm watching you here on the tube, uh, donning the Notre Dame sweatshirt. And let's see, what kind of cap is that? That's Notre Dame cap, too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the, like, little signal callers thing. Got it up uh, in South Bend in 2013, so I can pretend to be Andrew Hendricks. That's great. That's great. I love Notre Dame talk here on the high school scoreboard. Nothing nothing like it. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, for yeah. those of you just checking us out, once again, let's give you the final scores and tell you what's going to happen next week. 
You've got Dutch Fork beating J.L. Mann 31-30 in a thriller late field goal. And you've got White Knoll beating Somerville 21-14. Those two teams, region rivals, meet for the state championship. David had a question. Somebody, well, two questions for you. A, I'll go back to my question, which was, have we ever had two charter teams, two charter schools uh, facing off for a state championship? And then secondly, somebody wanted to know, have we had in the past two teams from the same region, region rivals, meet for a state championship, to your recollection? Uh, in my recollection, no, because because for forever, it's only been recently that the regions, you know, that you had the first place team go to the upper state, the lower state, and the second place, you know, the split region. Mm-hmm. You know, for years there was the same amount of teams, so – Region one through four would be lower state. Region five through eight would be upper state or whatever. So I, I, you know, I'd have to go back and really research it. But I don't. I mean, maybe back in the day, um, you might have had region teams. But I and for the other one, I don't. I don't recall. I mean, charter schools hadn't been around that long. So to say that if any of them have played each other in the state championship, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, Oceanside's only been there. This is their second time. They. They played Abbeville last year in gray. I mean, the Oceanside is the only one down in the lower state. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't think they have played each other. Well, let's welcome in somebody who might know as we welcome in gray collegiate head coach Adam Holmes to the high school football scoreboard. His team defeated Abbeville tonight 27-12 to to advance to the AA state championship game against Oceanside Collegiate. And first of all, congratulations, what a year it's been, and how do you feel tonight with this accomplishment, though there's one more hurdle to clear? Well, Phil, just uh, uh, proud of our guys for the way they played really all year to face the adversity that they did, you know, at one point having a four-game schedule and not really knowing what was going on and playing four really good football teams in Christchurch and Camden and Hammond and Crestwood, um, you know, was, was a testament to us, but – uh, for our guys to battle through and find games and travel to Washington, D.C. and play a great team at St. John's, travel to Florida twice, Clearwater, IMG. You know, really, like at the end of the day, Phil, you know, they want to say that, you know, I, th- I really feel like they were really trying to, I don't want to, in essence, screw us, but they were. And I think at the end of the day, it really helped us out by playing this kind of team because guys were ready for, for games like tonight, you know, against a great Abbeville team. You know, Coach Nichols does an amazing job. You know, they've kind of set the precedent in two way. And, as a program, that's something we've been trying to build for. So, for our guys to get back here and get the job done, you know, our motto all year has been rot, R-O-T, uh, regain our title. Um, so, we're either going to regain our title or we're going to rot away. And our guys <laughs> have given us an opportunity tonight to uh, to get there, and uh, we're excited about uh, going down next Thursday and playing a great exercise team. That's fantastic, rot. Rot away and, and uh, regain our title. That's that's excellent. Yeah. Um, what about the performance tonight? Um, you, I, from having reports on it, uh, you had to you, you got Abbeville down. You kind of put them in a position where they had to throw the ball. You know, they had a throwing touchdown on you. They don't obviously throw the ball all that much and all that well. So, in game planning, was that sort of your idea? See if you could get Abbeville into a, a passing game situation, thinking that would be to your advantage. Well, it was really they just caught us on. You know, they'll they'll slip a back out every once in a while. They just caught a little H back on a, on a vertical seam, and our safety just didn't make a good read. And that was their that was their first score of the first half. But 
other than that, that's, I mean, our, our defense was dominant tonight. They they came out and did their job. Offensively, we turned the football over twice, threw a pick in the end. Well, pick right before mm-hmm. the end zone and got them down to one. So that got us a quick stop and we got the ball back and scored. But we threw a pick in the first half as well. So we turned the football over. But defensively, our guys played lights out. Um, guys like Kane Williams and Blake Croft and, and Zeb Taylor and Tyquan Singleton, uh, Michael Bulware. All those guys really did a great job of rallying and really kind of, you know, getting this football back. And, and they got, they they got you know, and that's the thing. It's just like you keep them from just not getting the big plays. And, and we let them get one big play, and he broke the quarterback, broke one for 80 yards. But luckily right after that, we took a, a kickoff back 90 yards and really kind of opened it up and got another stop and scored. And, and from there pretty much out, we were we just kind of held the ball. Defense did a great job. and. And uh, like I said, um, you know, anytime you play a good Abbeville team like that, you, you got to come into it. You know, you're going to get battle tests on both sides. But excited for our guys that they're going to get this opportunity, you know, like I said, all the adverse they face this year to, to play and, and, and try to win a state championship. Absolutely. David Shelton, you have any questions for the coach? Yeah, Adam, I was just listening to you talking, and, and, and I know, and I asked Chad Wilkes this tonight because I was at the Oceanside game. The, the offenses get – a lot of publicity for good reason. I mean, they, they score points, uh, your guys score points. But I, I really feel like this game could be a defensive battle. I think both defenses are highly mm-hmm. underrated. I mean, I mean, you may not have seen them on film yet, but I'm, I'm just going by what I've seen. Um, they gave up a, a big play tonight, a big long run to that really good running back. And, but they had two fourth down stops. They, they, they had a pick six. Um, kind of the way y'all play. Um, do you – do you go into a game like this thinking, hey, it's going to be a defensive game, or, or hey, we're going to we're going to try to outscore them, or just what what how what's your approach to a game like this? Well, I mean, you know, I haven't really seen them yet on film much, but I know they're they're really good on defense. I mean, that's kind of what they've kind of hung their hat on. I and mean, when they lose their quarterback, so obviously, you know, it kind of maybe limits them a little bit offensive, but they're still scoring points. So. Um, but no, same point too. Like I said, you know, our defense has played well all year. You know, you know, you look at our points per game, but you got to kind of be a little bit skewed by that when you're playing teams like St. John's and IMG and Clearwater. That kind of makes your points per game really go up. But you know, our guys tonight like really gave out a dominant performance. That really, you know, when offensively we had opportunities to score and, and, and kind of just didn't do what we needed to. They we, we hung on our defense, and again. At the end of the day, I'm an offensive guy, but I know that, you know, offense wins games, but defense wins championships. And defense travels. Defense can always yes, travel. Do. So, we were wondering out loud, not being very smart people, is this the first time two charter schools have met for a state championship? I believe it is. I believe it is because we were the first one to win it. And then uh, I know uh, Oceanside and then last year played for it. So, uh, yeah, so uh, – you know, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk about this one out there. Uh, two charter schools playing for, but you know what? I just look at it. You know, Phil, that you know, our our guys do a great job. You know, our coaching staff does an amazing job coaching those guys up. Uh, I feel the same way about Oceanside. I know Chad Wilkes and those guys down there, and Coach Alonzo on the defense side, do an amazing job coaching up their kids. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about: having great kids and and coaching your guys up and. And at the end of the day, that's what we're going to hang our hat on, that we're just excited for our guys that, you know, this is not easy. You know, I've got a guy on my staff, Michael Armstrong, who's an offensive line coach. Um, he's been coaching over 30 years, and this is his first time playing for a state championship. You know, so it's not something that you take lightly. Um, you know, we've been lucky enough to be it in two of them in the past three years. But 
we're not going to take it lightly. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to you know, do do everything we can to try to trying to bring that trophy home. Absolutely. If I may look ahead to the future with your program, after what the high school league ruled, I think it was last week, the executive committee. So where do you think you'll be next year based on what you think your enrollment will be and what the multiplier will be? Do you have a feeling, an idea, where you'll, which class you'll be playing in next year? Well, I mean, I think it will be somewhere 3A or possibly 4A. But, you know, you look at it, what does 4A look like? Because, I mean, a lot of those 4A schools, because of their you know, transfers, they're going to bump to 5A. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of 3As going to bump up to 4A. So, really, I, it's tough to tell. I think 5A is going to be really big. I think it's going to get to the point to where 5A has so many schools, they'll break that down into two classifications. So, really, you might be saying we're bumping to 4A, but it could be just a bunch of 3As bumping up to 4A as well. So, I don't know. We'll see how, how it all shakes out. At the end of the day, we'll be fine with it. We'll play whoever they want us to play. Um, and we'll just keep working hard, and, and, and our guys will just keep performing. But, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We're going to focus on trying to win a state title uh, next Thursday night down at uh, Oliver C. Dawson Stadium in South Carolina State with my, with my mentor, old Coach Oliver, Buddy Pugh. I'm sure he'll be there. Look forward to seeing him too. Coach, congratulations. Fantastic job. Can't take the wins away from you. Look forward to seeing you next week. We appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Phil. Appreciate you all. Take care, Adam Holmes. Um, did you kind of catch what he said there, David, about next year? Not to focus on that yet, but as he was talking about they might be 3A, 4A, but he mentioned, you know, we got all these other, how do you put it, 4A, 5A schools with their transfers, and yeah. it's going to move them up. Yeah, I mean, In other words, saying that, hey, everybody's talking about us, but we're not charter schools. We're not the only ones who have a bunch of transfers. I, I said this on the day that they came down with it, that those 90% of the high schools in this state have, have kids out of zone, um, you know, have kids that, that play at their school that don't live in their attendance zone. And um, it's going it, to it, – that's the thing is this, people say, well, it won't affect 5A because there's nothing bigger than 5A. Well, it might affect enough of them where they make a 6A, mm-hmm. and then they have a 5A, a 4A, and on down. Mm-hmm. Because as you move schools up, in classifications, somebody's got to come down. Like, you know, you can't have 75 schools in 5A, you know. So so it's going to be some jostling back and forth. And I personally, I don't know Oceanside. I mean, I don't know Gray's numbers. I have no idea. I'm just guessing from things I've heard. They will not go above 4A, but I think they could be a high 3A. I think Oceanside's going to be 3A maybe middle of the pack, maybe a little high 3A. Uh, I think Christchurch and St. Joe's, will, Southside Christian, will all be at least 2A. I, again, I don't know their numbers. I'm going by theory and rumors and all that. We'll know the numbers soon enough. They have to release it. And so we'll know kind of and, – and when the high school league sends out their classification list, you'll, you'll be able to tell, you know, based on where they're located and what their numbers are going to be. But – but yeah, I mean, Adam and Adam didn't say it in a mean way. It was just no. it's a fact. Mm-hmm. It is a fact. I could I could sit right here and go through high schools in Charleston that I know for a fact have kids that are not in their attendance zone. And I personally, I don't care. You know, I, I, it's not that big a deal to me because I'm not coaching and I'm not playing against you know teams. You know, but but I mean, 
teams that were playing tonight in the lower state and upper state finals, almost all of them have kids out of zone. I'm not going to say I'm not going to pinpoint each school, sure. But I'd be surprised if six or seven, if not more, of those teams did not have, or, or really ten to twelve, maybe more of the twenty teams did not have out of zone kids in their school. And again, it's not. And people have to remember this because I got into a, a private conversation with a fan who, who I had to basically knock in the head this point. <laughs> it, is the number, it is the number of students that are out of zone in the entire student population, not the number of athletes. This person was swearing up and down. It was athletes. And I'm like, no. Now, at a gray, at a Christ church, at an Oceanside, a large portion of their student body are athletes. So if they're out of zone, they're out of zone. But they also have students, regular students. I know one particular kid that goes to Oceanside that is not an athlete. He's doing it for the academic program where he can get get a associate's degree out of high school and, you know, the, the, the curriculum and things. So, you know, but he would count. Because he's not, he doesn't live in that attendance zone. But he would count, and even though he don't play, that's why you asked last week, why don't they just count the athletes? Because you could have, not only could you have coaches cutting kids from programs to keep the number down, but you could have the guy in the band that you know doesn't play sports, but then decides he wants, you know, he's six foot seven, he wants to play sure. basketball. Sure. But he'd be counted as a band guy. So you got to count the whole students, and I think people need to remember that it's not the number of athletes who are out of zone. It's your entire student population. All right. Great point. A lot of people don't know that, but you're exactly right. And for that very reason, that's why they're doing it that way. Got to hit the last break tonight, and we'll come back with David. Uh, Recap the scores. Another edition of Shelton Says, maybe the most important one, because David proclaims the state championship winners on this night every year. And I think he's batting about about like his high school average, about 545. Um, Not a good average in picking games, but a good average in baseball. Uh, David has that coming up, and our final thoughts will be back. Looking for a way to fight back against inflation? One viable way to help your money stay relevant during inflation is through investing. To a new investor, investing can feel like a puzzle. With so many pieces to consider, it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance along the way, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. When you're ready to find the pieces to your financial plan, call 866-739-7064 to speak with one of our specialists or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn about how we can help you identify the key pieces to your financial plans. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC, and not NCUA insured. Not guaranteed by credit union and may lose value. 
Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. Hello, friends. This is David Shelton, co-host of the Friday Night Scoreboard Show with Phil Kornbluth. As many of you know my story, I've lost two sons to drug overdoses in the past 10 years. I want to tell you about my friends at Wake Up Carolina. Wake Up Carolina is a nonprofit recovery community organization dedicated to providing awareness, promoting education, and creating hope in recovery for our young adults, individuals, and families touched by substance use through collaborative community partnerships, trusted resources, and support services in Berkeley, Charleston, and Dorchester counties. The organization relies on private donors and state funding to make sure all their resources are free and open to the public. Call them today if you know someone who needs assistance. That's wakeupcarolina.org, phone number 843-972-972. 8154. Don't wait until it's too late. Ah, the traditional final bumper, most overrated fight song in America, the losing Irish of Notre Dame. Uh, before we uh, get the final thoughts from David here, want to welcome in. First time we've had a chance to have him on because he's rel- uh, relatively new to the world of, of South Carolina sports. Jordan Kay, the new Gamecock uh, beat writer for the state newspaper, GoGamecocks.com, and he drew the assignment covering Dutch Fork and J.L. Mann. And, Jordan, thank you for calling. Just wanted to get your thoughts First time for you out and about covering a big high school football game in South Carolina since you moved here from Boise. What did you think of what you saw over there tonight in this particular game? Bill, I I might be in love with South Carolina high school football. I mean, I don't know if it's going to get much better than what I just saw tonight. It was really cool. I was talking to a lot of the Dutch Fork fans before the game. They didn't think they would get too many fans, and it was a little light just being, you know, Black Friday and everything. Mm-hmm. But it, what a, a heck of a game. I mean, both teams have clearly have talent. They had, uh, you know, great play callers, really decent uh, running backs on both sides. And, I mean, that's, that's about as good of a high school football game as you're going to see. Did you get your first up-close exposure to Tom Knotts after the game? Did you get a chance to talk one-on-one or in a group with him? I did. I did. I was talking to someone on the sideline, just like asking, you know, which one is Tom Knotts? And they pointed. <laughs> They're like, it could be a rough night, man. Like he doesn't, he's not usually the, the easiest guy to talk to after losses. 
And then 10 minutes later, we were talking to him after a win, and he was he he could have gone all night. He was great. Yeah, uh, wearing short pants, I would imagine. Uh, is that is that a normal thing? Does he do that every week? Oh yeah, yeah. He'll wear short yeah. pants no matter what the temperature is. Um, just remind yeah. us again, if you happen to remember, this game was won by a late field goal. I know we had a report earlier, but what was the – do you recall the distance on that winning field goal? So it was a 39-yarder by Dutch Fork Jr. Justin Welch. Apparently uh, some of his teammates were saying he's, he's hit it from 60 in practice. And the 39-yarder he had tonight, first of all, most high school kickers can't kick a 39-yarder straight. Yeah. Second of all, he was iced two times before that. And on the second ice, he booted it through no problem. And so I, I was kind of looking around like, man, there's, there's not many 17-, 16-year-olds that can handle this pressure. And then third time, he booted a rocket that would have been good from 50 yards. That, that kid, I don't know if he's being recruited by many local schools right now, but I have a feeling he will, uh, he will pick up some, some interest over the next year. How much time was left when he kicked that? I want to say two seconds, three seconds. They just did a squib kick to to run it out. But, um, yeah, I mean, have you guys talked much about the game and just the circumstances at the end there? Uh, well, we had a report earlier about it. Was there something unusual you wanted to mention? Just that, I mean, J.L. Mann was up nine with two minutes left. And uh, Sutch Fork had been horrible all game just passing the ball. And somehow they go down in a minute. Don't get the onside kick. Somehow stop them in three plays. Get a 30, 40-yard uh, punt return and then just sets it up for the, the winning field goal. No one in that building thought Dutch Fork was going to win tonight. And uh, they pull out, come score 10 points in the last minute and 15 seconds, give or take, and uh, advance to another state championship game. Well, great start for you on the weekend. You'll be in Williams-Brice tomorrow for your first uh, Palmetto Bowl. Look forward to seeing you there, and thanks for uh, checking in with us tonight. Appreciate you, Phil. Have a great night. You too, buddy. All right, Jordan Kay from the state. David, we must move quickly. i got to have quick answers on Shelton Says. You've had all night to marinate on this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it. All right, here we go. 5A, Dutch Fork, White Knoll. You really got to ask. Dutch Fork. 4A, West Side, South Florence. South Florence. 3A, Daniel Camden. Daniel. 2A, Gray Collegiate, Oceanside Collegiate. Gray. 1A, Christ Church, Johnsonville. Uh, rematch of last year. I'll take Christ Church. Yeah, I'll take Christ Church. Christ Church. And the schedule, the 2A championship Thursday at 7, the 1A championship Friday at 2, the 5A championship Friday at 8, the 4A championship Saturday at noon, and the 3A championship Saturday at 7. There you go. David, enjoyed it. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll be in touch next week. Got some plans in uh, my fruit uh, in my fruitful brain. Uh, thinking about some things for next Friday night. We'll check it out with you and get your thoughts during the week. Okay, dope. Take care. Thank you. They call him best in business for a reason. He's David Shelton. And J.P. Barry, great job once again. Thanks to everybody, players, coaches, officials, 
parking attendants, concessionaires, parents, and of course, thank you for being with us tonight on the High School Scoreboard, brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union.